Welcome back to the Iron Money Podcast. This is your host, Donnie Tudal. I'm sitting here in Chirac, Chicago, Illinois, with Elle, L Bandy. You can find her on Instagram at E double L E underscore E L O I S E underscore. You got it. Two underscores. Um, she's a ton of fun. She is a lifter, she is a ref, she is a coach on the USPA and uh, she's a pretty impressive person too who has to be a very good friend of mine so we're bringing her on and we're gonna have a little bit of fun and give you guys a little insight into uh, a lifter coach athlete business person human being like her that deals with some pretty special circumstances and I think it's a not only highly valuable valuable for you guys to hear some stories like this but for her to be able to get out share her story and kind of the more she can do that i think the more people she can help so this is kind of a killing two birds with one stone but what's going on how are you doing okay you doing okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) so one of the things i want to get into was just you know you dealing with you dealing with ms a little bit of what ms is like um in your day-to-day you know as a lifter things like that but you know First and foremost, like, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit, like, what you're into, all that type of stuff. What makes LL? Oh, gosh. There's a lot of things that make LL. Um, I'm 34. And um, what I really enjoy are the outdoors and hiking and being in nature and being lost all the time. Um, But I also have this dark side of, like, feeling really powerful. And that's where my, like, powerlifting comes in. Um how did you find powerlifting in the first place um fun story um i was actually season break from like boxing jujitsu i had just gotten into it during an off-season training i was doing some like cardio class and some olympic lifter spotted me and said i would be an amazing power lifter and invited me to go lift at his gym with his coach during my off season. So my coach is like, do whatever you want, build some strength. I don't really care like for boxing and shit. So as long as I stayed up on my cardio. Okay. And so I went and tried it and I was like, wait, nobody hurts me. I don't get injured. (laughs) (laughs) No one's punching me in the face repeatedly and choking me out. Like recovery is so much faster and I feel so much stronger and empowered every day. And like, nobody has to hit me in the face and I don't have to get like (laughs) odd looks at work when I like, because at the time I worked in an office so yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying it wasn't a doorknob this time (laughs) where was where were you living at when uh when this started was that in san diego uh yeah i was living out in san diego when i discovered powerlifting when powerlifting discovered me i guess um yeah i was crazy life living didn't really know what to do so i was kind of doing everything to find like me again um i was on this journey to find me again and powerlifting kind of helped define me so we're sitting in chicago right now Um, i'm out here for the weekend to help her um, get her house ready to do some airbnb type stuff while she does more traveling and then also to kind of help her not wrap her head around it because she has her head wrapped around it but allow herself to wrap her head around it with somebody else to kind of look and see like how can she pivot her business correctly to still take good care of her clients still take um 
excellent care of her finances, and then most importantly, take better care of herself and her needs as a human being. Now, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there, and a lot of coaches will kind of take anybody. Um, Elle's been blessed with a very, very good demographic of people that she wants to continue to work with and take care of, but she has a deep passion that can be impacted heavily by fitness, but isn't totally reliant upon fitness. And she wants to find a way to incorporate that and be able to reach out to uh, so many more people doing the same thing she loves, just doing it with more people that have similar aspirations and goals to her on the opposite side of things. So a lot of people, it's not just training. It's not just a lot of good people or good coaches. It's not just, Oh, here's your training program. Here's your nutrition program. See you later. There is always like that additional family touch, that deeper connection. Um, that's something that makes it more than just being a personal trainer mm-hmm. and a client or an athlete, just a coach client. Like it's so dynamic. So she's able to take a, take better care of herself while still maintaining that great relationship and that great quality product that she has always provided and just being able to do it in a more self-fulfilling way. So that's kind of one of the things that we're working at right now. And then obviously it's, you know, kicking it, hanging out, going to the gym, um, you know, going and doing all sorts of stuff. I've never been to really Chicago. So getting to see Chicago and what that's like is, uh, is obviously amazing except for the fucking wind and the laws <laughs> and all the liberal shit and the goddamn vaccine passports. Like how the fuck do you live here all the time? I don't. That's why I'm like Airbnb and traveling. <laughs> no, I'm fucking out. I, I saw, I saw, um, what was it? Transformers the other day and they were fucking Chicago up and they didn't oh, yeah. learn their lesson. Yeah. They didn't learn their lesson. The Decepticons are still here. Fucking That's shit great, up. Baby. So, um, all right. So MS say it correctly. Multiple sclerosis. Can I even say that correctly? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think this is a good day that I can pronounce that, right? So explain to us in layman's terms. Oh, gosh. What is MS and what does it do? So I am not like the number one knowledge person for MS. So I'm. if you have it and I'm saying something incorrectly, I do apologize because I'm still learning myself. Um, I'm what, like just four years in, in my first year, I completely denied having it. Um, so the research I've done only applies to the things I've experienced. How about that? And everyone's experience is drastically 100% different. different. Like yeah. we might have similar symptoms, but it's just similarities. So if you had to have like the most similar aspect of MS for a very layman's, I know nothing about it. You're speaking to people like me, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't deal with it. If someone who's completely naive and, uneducated on it what things are most common that can give us the best idea of how it impacts everybody that has it on a daily basis um i feel like a lot of people could relate to a lot of those symptoms if you want to call them um like major headaches chronic headaches lots of pain happens or like brain fog or pauses we kind of feel or i specifically i guess i should only speak of me um i feel almost like um, like I've slowed down, like you, you get caught in something and, and people experience this on a daily, like they say they brain farts or like, <laughs> you know, brain fog or they can't think right. Or, you know, when you can't find your sunglasses or on top of your head, except that's me all the time. I will be holding sunglasses in my hand and be like, you know, eye shades. And I will be yelling at you, calling, telling you that these are eye shades. Where are my sunglasses? 
it works like that, but in my head, I know I'm right. There's like that firing disconnect, and then you just feel completely 100% stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like concussions. <laughs> okay, there you go. Exactly. That's so, okay. In addition to that, what else? Um, muscle spasms, cramping. Um, when you say muscle spasms and cramping, like how so? So I guess what I experience is like when your leg falls asleep and you know, you that numbness that you feel. I did that like 30 minutes ago. I got trapped on Instagram on the toilet and my, I couldn't feel my legs. For a yeah, while. exactly that. But you know, the pins and needles <clears throat> that follows that, uh-huh. that all the time. Oh, that's terrible. But like, imagine it only in a specific spot, like maybe only along your spine and then it feeling like it's traveling out like wires somewhere or only in your hands in the middle of a power lifting mate. Like, so, and you never know where it's going to be or when it's going to happen. It does have a tendency to always show up in the same location. Like mine only attacks my left side specifically, like 95% of the time, my left side's feeling most of and all of the pain. Um, like I don't have control, like I don't have my thumbs. There's no muscle control in my thumbs. Like the nerves have been so damaged that... I can't hold the bar with my thumbs wrapped around. So I'm a suicide bar grip on everything. That explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know what separates like humans from the animals is like opposable thumbs, right? We call it the sloth hands. Like this, like <laughs> so my fingertips are really strong. <laughs> <laughs> the T-Rex arms. Here we are. So what, what else was stuff like that? Like, just full-blown, like, just feels like you get punched in the muscle and, like, it cramps up from that Like a well. muscle spasm. So think of, like, a muscle spasm, but one mm. where your muscles aren't even moving. Like, you've seen me, like, uh-huh. have a flare-up and have a spasm at one point, and you're like, nothing's happening now. There's nothing there. But it feels like, mm. because all I'm feeling are the nerves, right? Mm. There's nothing actually happening, but the nerves are being damaged, and that's what the nerves are feeling. And this is your body actually attacking its own nerves. Correct. And what in your body is attacking the nerves? It's just your own, like, cells attacking the cells that are protecting. So. (laughs) How do I. So I'm not very good at explaining it myself because it took me a really long time to understand it. All I know is, like, my cells are attacking my own cells that are supposed to be protecting me. So they think that my protectors are the attackers. And that how it's happened. <laughs> Whole bunch of friendly fire going on. Right. Jesus. Like nobody knows whose side they're on. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just making their own laws. <laughs> and I'm the one just like sitting there <laughs> feeling it all. That sounds like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it happens at various moments. So I like really have to control my lifestyle because of it. Mm. Like outside factors, like cold, heat nutrition food fast food processed foods um so if you eat like food that is harder for your body to break down does your body like tire out quicker yeah like i can feel it almost like the Uh swelling happens there's more swelling that happens when more swelling happens the nerves flare up a little bit more like so i know if i ate something that wasn't homemade even though you tell me it was like (laughs) (laughs) it was (laughs) This canned soup. <laughs> so, Put it in a nice bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, when
when you have it's just crazy like how just how your body is attacking itself so and and so when i was first diagnosed like i said about just over four years ago um they told me to like stop working out I was a power lifter before I got diagnosed. And what year were you diagnosing? Oh, what was that? Four years ago? What year are we in? 2018. <laughs> <laughs> what year is this, man? The aliens back? You know, that whole like 2020 <laughs> season. I don't really know what happened. <laughs> what happened? It was we like a time warp. Blacked out twice. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for four years. So you had a pretty decent chunk of meats before that then because you've been doing it since 2014. Yes. So I was a powerlifter before that. So for somebody to tell me, stop lifting. Me, you can suck my balls. Like, stop working out. And I'd always been an athlete. I played soccer through college. Like, you know, I said I went through boxing. I was a cyclist for years um, when I lived in San Diego. So to tell me to stop moving, I was like, what? And then, what? <laughs> like, I have, I had to relearn how to walk before in my life. So, like... To have that thought, like, maybe one day it's going to be taken away from me again. And it was like, wait, I just relearned it not too long ago. So that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be the only one that we do. Uh, okay, so there's a, there's a very brief overview of how it, like, physically makes you feel. So on, like, a day-to-day, you're running around going through, you know, your work and yeah. your career and shit like that. How does it impact you with that type of stuff? Also, when you get tired, like if you get tired, does and your central nervous system gets wore out a little bit, which is a very gym specific piece. Yeah. Does everything fall off the hinges then when you're more fatigued like that? Yeah. So when I get hit with fatigue, it's a different style of fatigue than like you might be tired. You might be tired and be able to go take like a little cat nap, fifteen minutes, lay down, be full of energy, and come back. I lay down for 15 minutes and it feels like nothing even happened. I lay down for eight hours and it feels like I just woke up. Like Mm -hmm. there's no level to this fatigue that can rid it except for itself. I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) So you really like, if you over fatigue yourself, like you're losing like critical hit points at this point. Like I misfire thoughts. I can't like cognitively function. If that makes sense. Once I get to the point of like, words don't make sense or I can't text or, you know, I misspelling things backwards or I can't, like I said, verbally communicate. Okay. Something's really off and I'm super fatigued when I'm being cognitively bothered, at least for me and my symptoms from Uh what I've experienced. So you really have to regulate. So like my training program isn't a typical power lifting program because of the way that my body has to adapt for certain weights to be able to recover, to be able to do a four day heavy lifting strength program and still be able to live a full life in addition to that and not be dead on my days off. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, so that impacts that. Like how about when you go to, you know, the gym specifically, and you do start to get wore out, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're close to me, you got five sets of two, and you got through, like, almost all your sets, or, like, you actually got through those, but now you have, like, heavy, you know, heavy board presses, or yeah. pauses, or something like that, like, you're at the end of it, how do you, how would you go about attacking that correctly? Um, there have been times where I don't 
I will gauge my fatigue. So if I, if my program is like five sets of two and I can only get three sets of two in because I'm just like completely gassed and I know that it's going to cause injury. I don't have confidence under that bar. Cool. That's the end of my day with my heavy lifts. Can I finish out my accessories? Totally. Let's just like crush the accessories. Let's get it done and move on. Mm-hmm. And my coach is totally fine with that because that's what my body needs. He would rather me say, cut it there and, you know, rest fatigue and then come back on your better day, if that makes sense. So give it your all 100% on that day, even if you're at 60%. Apply 100% of that 60% to how you want to work, right? Because then when you're at 100%, you're going to perform at your best then. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And your coach is Keegan Dillon. Yes. So that's K-E-G-A-N-D-I-L-L-O-N on the Instagram. And that's impressive how much, because he doesn't have MS, correct? No, he does not. But he trains a whole crew of women that do um, deal no, with not, it? No, not specifically with MS, but he does deal with a lot of athletes who do have injuries who come back from plenty of injuries. So he is like a very specialized like niche of who he likes to work with. And, and I, I really attract as a coach somebody who wants to take the time to learn an athlete specifically. And I, I could okay. admire that with his knowledge and his background and his own life experience. Like that's his story to tell, but, and that's what really got me to, he looks at more of the athlete. Yes, he does enjoy my goal, but he looks at me as like, she's someone with MS. I'm already doing amazing shit yet. She wants to still do more amazing shit. Like he wants to, provide all the knowledge he can find to make sure that I get that way in a healthy way. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like what numbers I'm putting up as long as I'm healthy and happy doing it. Yep. That's huge. That's yeah. Huge. Um, and he manages all that shit and he's on top of it really well from early season programming all the way through me day. Like we've heard these stories or I've heard these stories at least. <laughs> so the way he does, he does genuinely care for all these people so specifically with all these different issues that they're all, dealing with and then taking the additional time to research something as deep and complex and confusing and honestly very against everything that really makes sense and he's like really open, like ms sorry to not interrupt but he's like really also open to like learning from me mm-hmm. like knowing a coach like i think even as a coach myself i'm learning from my athletes like i need to know what mm-hmm. issues you have so i can do the research and learn and become a better coach to you with my already knowledge right yep and i love that he does take the time to apply that and really care of like okay what's going on is it a bad day is it a good day okay this is how we're going to gauge that are we open to playing with this and like he's open to listening to how i feel what i'm doing totally untraditional and where i'm coming from and applying differences because i have a gymnastics background so it's like huge across the board but he takes the time to research his athletes Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and i think that's what makes a really great coach absolutely is somebody who does take the time not somebody who's just like here's a program go lift i'll meet you on meet day and he's in he's just south of denver he's in yeah he's in colorado and that's colorado springs no he's in denver okay yeah yeah awesome he's got a gym out there though right yeah he's with the v23 athletics i believe it's a more CrossFit gym, but I think he might kill me if I say it's a CrossFit gym. <laughs> is it now? Is that his own gym that he? No, no, he's owns? just one of um, the trainers there. I do believe so. Oh, okay. Um, 
there there are some Bo and some other really great trainers and owners there. So amazing people who will take the time to get to know their athletes who do rebuild. If you do feel broken or anything like that, they have a variety of military vets that they work with that find places and just they're really great with charities and giving back to the community. And that's something that I hold really close to my heart. So I really love being part of a team and people who care and go above and beyond. Yeah. They've definitely got a cool setup and it looks like they're in their training. Not only, you know, the CrossFit Olympic style athletes, but they got some strong man. They got some absolutely. Yeah. All sorts of different shit going on. They even got, look at those mono hooks. <laughs> but yeah, those guys, they've got a fun gym to play in for <laughs> sure. <laughs> you could check out uh, V23. They're uh, V23 underscore A T H L E T I C S. And uh, yeah, it sounds like that's an awesome spot. It's for not your typical like power lifters, but it, if you're looking for like a really cool, dope community. Absolutely. I think community is what makes all of it. Yeah. So have you ever kind of shifted your business around, like your online business at least? Like how much has MS impacted that? Um, well, I used to be like full in-person teaching classes, um, you know, on the floor, Gosh, I couldn't even tell you how many hours and mentoring and just like everything. And once 2020 hit and everybody had to go in quarantine because they do live in Chicago. Uh <laughs> I heard you guys have a swamp monster for a mayor. Is that true? Or is that a governor? <laughs> I live here, so I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Big brother is listening. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, she does look like a <laughs> so to look back and see my energy change from like these like two years and what I was doing then and like the type of energy and how much I had and the effect MS has had on me, I can't like keep up with all of those things that I was doing before. So the fact that I had to make that transition forced to because of the way the world went to go online, I benefited from a lot of energy saved so I can then pour that into more energy put into myself in the gym mm -hmm. and more recovery time. So that's where it's benefited myself personally is just allowing my fatigue to not take over and cut into my client time. So mm -hmm. I'm more useful first thing in the morning from 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. when I'm fully alert and have good energy versus, you know, on the floor time from like, what, 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. I'm completely dead. Right. <laughs> so you got all sorts of shit popping up with this thing. You, you've obviously figured out a pretty good way as well as you could have over the course of four years how to manage it and still have a life, still compete, still coach still have a career, still take care of your family, be there for your family, and still overcome a lot of adversity. Now, you know, that's one of the things that brought Elle and I together in the first place. Um, she had just lost her father. I had lost my mom. Um, we were both coaches, both competitors, both refs. But that tragedy that we experienced similarly was one of the things that kind of got us you know, to sit down and have a conversation in the first place. But then after I got into that conversation, there was another conversation about how you got in a car accident and basically had to learn how to relearn how to walk. That's a whole story in itself. And then 
you're sitting there competing in Costa Mesa Nationals or Worlds? That was Worlds. Worlds? And you're like, yeah, my dad just passed away two months ago. And I'm like, hold on, what the fuck? Yeah. Things like that. Um, You know, you got car accidents where people are going after you, losing a parent, you know, all the struggles that you experience with all that type of stuff going on while you're combating this. Like, those are hard things in the first place for people to deal with. But then you're doing it while you're dealing with everything that MS presents to you. I mean, we just went through 25 minutes of talking, 20 minutes talking (laughs) about all the craziness that you have going on just from MS being how complex it is. And if, and if you can barely explain anything over the course of 20 minutes about something, it just shows you how expansive it is. Like you can't even elevator pitch like MS, but considering all the stuff you've been through, like that's that's the impressive thing. Like, there's so many different things that you've gone through and fought through that. That's why I think that you're gonna have such a unique opportunity. I'm dragging you on here to touch so many people because not very many people can say like all these little things happen back to back and that you dealt with them how you did. But then when you add in just like the day to day like monstrosity that you deal with with the MS on top of it, like that's that's a huge inspiration. That's a huge impact for people. And that's why I think it's so important, again, for you to be able to, like, have that opportunity to tell your story. People have the opportunity to hear your story. And what I've learned is from a lot of things that I've shared, I've had people reach out to me personally. And the level of impact that it has on them, sometimes you just got to be forced into a situation, you know, where you do that. But when, so back to when, you know, we met, your dad had just passed, like, what what have been like the two biggest things that you've struggled with since I met you and having lost him specifically? Like, how did that impact your life? Oh my gosh. My life has okay, first of all, my dad, um, he was my greatest mentor. Um, he taught me everything. He was an amazing Chicago architect, um, well known for his designs and like he just had a gift of just like gab sales. I just like everything. And he also just had the best personality. He could bring it out of anybody. He knew how to talk to each individual person and make them feel heard. Like that was his gift to the world. And it was really amazing how many people he touched like that. Um, and I felt it immensely just being, you know, in his family and each one of us, he did that with all of my siblings Um, So it was really hard to process and actually get to worlds. Um, So when you and I met, that was hard even to tell you what had happened, but it had come up, I think, in a conversation at one point. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how. Um, I think it came up because you asked me what I did previous to powerlifting, and we're talking about football and why I retired. And then when I said that I retired when mom got cancer and then she had passed, that's when you're like, my dad literally just passed. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's so. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what have I struggled with the most? Um, yeah, like what, what has been the most impactful thing, just like losing that big of a support system for you? Uh, again, that was my greatest mentor. So like my business decisions, like everything came to a halt. All of a sudden, uh, I, I didn't feel like what I was doing felt right anymore. I didn't feel like it was me anymore. Like I felt like I had lost a huge chunk of myself. Mm -hmm. So I was 
going back to a world that I had created with him, basically his influence, not like with him or anything, just like his insight of guidance kind of thing. So something you guys have built together. Well, yeah, with his influence, absolutely. And, And just like kind of his input and just sarcastic comments and he was really great at all. Um, but not having that all of a sudden to go back into something. And I'm like, but this, it didn't feel right because it didn't have the same influence to carry me through. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That like that reassurance, you're doing it right. That breaking it down and helping you build it back a little bit different, a little bit better. Like just having that constant support and that reassurance that it's going to work. Right. And that like little bit of creative insight to tweak Mm -hmm. little bits here and there to make it like still flow. And now it was like, wait, now I only have one set of eyes on me. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I had at least, you know, another set of eyes, at least looking over me and just checking in to make sure I was still alive. Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, and the, the cool thing with that, like still seeing you be able to like, you're trying to find a different way of doing it, but you're still working so hard to push and to realize the things you have going on. Like just like this business pivot. Like there was like, a huge self-destruction phase. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. Like right away when it had happened and like there was that moment even to even get to worlds. Okay. There was this giant chunk mm-hmm. of self-destruction, very close to the edge, jump off kind of thing. So and then even to get to Worlds was a big thing and to be able to open and share that with you was another big step. And it, again, I'm just looking at the baby steps each mm-hmm. moment to be like, absolutely, yes, I'm still continuing to fight. Do I want to revamp? Do I even want to stay in this world? And I've even like entertained the idea of going to get a real job. Like, yeah. <laughs> but then the thought of like working for somebody else again and not being able to do what I love yep. and share my knowledge that I have while I still have time to share it. It, it like crushes my soul at the same time so that there's that fight that has to remain right <laughs> yep yep absolutely <laughs> like i don't have a choice it's like adapt or be unhappy yep. <laughs> and i refuse to be unhappy for myself so yeah for sure you control your own happiness so that's why you just have to keep fighting for what you want and what you know you can do. And just because you lost somebody doesn't mean like life ends completely for you. Absolutely. But losing your dad wasn't the only thing that you've had go on. Like (laughs) several years before that, or a few years before that is when you were diagnosed with MS. The same year, actually, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Yep. Um, We, yeah, he called me up and told me he had cancer, like literally, the week after I found out I had MS and I'm like, that's not a really good time to share that one. So I'll wait till I'm home to share that talk. <laughs> like... Oh, cool. I have MS too. High five. Right. Like <laughs> we're both fucked up. So, but even prior to that, like you, you got in a car accident. Mm. How old were you? Um, I was 19 when I got into that car. Accident. So that was like 1990. Um, Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I was born in 71. Um, so you got in a car accident to the point where you had to literally like you were wheelchair bound. You had to relearn how to walk physical therapy. Basically your whole, like give a very brief, brief overview of what that was. Of the accident? Yeah. Uh, that was a quick accident in a Chicago winter storm on black ice, head-to-toe, head-on collision. Um, 
I was broken from collarbone, jaw, concussion, wrists, ribs, hips. You have a new metal foot. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going down the body, I'm thinking, because I'm like, this is the way like, I, I just go down the body or like up the body, right? So, uh, yeah, I got, so you, I got a titanium foot out of it, so. The rest is for another podcast. <laughs> so that's pretty fucking traumatic. I literally broke myself from my brain to my tippy toes, and they, yeah. So I have they, no feeling in that <laughs> foot. So also then to add that as like a thing on platform to deal with, in addition to the MS, it's like cool. Yep. And you're still here doing it. And you have clients that you coach for lifting. You have clients that you coach for everyday type of shit. I mean, you're sitting here doing some of the most savage shit somebody can do to your body and then still going and competing with both hands tied behind your back and someone arm wrestling you the whole fucking time. Like you're working your ass off with everything stacked against you. And you're still, you're over a 400 pound dots are natural. Yeah. Like with MS and busted the fuck like you have a phenomenal coach you learn shit from every day but your willpower and your ability to like just if i say i'm going to do this i'm going to do it if i say i'm going to help you as a client i'm going to make it the best experience you've had if i say i'm going to program for you for this meet i'm going to give you everything i've got because you're willing to fight through literally anything how does you bringing your fashion background into your training like explain that concoction to me. Cause I, I mean, there's nothing that you're not willing to do, but when you have somebody that's such like a fucking warrior and then they're like, now I'm gonna go get dressed. Now I'm gonna go dress people up. Like, tell me, like, tell me what that looks like from someone like you, um, incorporating something like that in. Um, okay. So fashion has always been a passion of mine ever since I was a kid. Like my dad would always hand me magazines to read and like fashion was just like number one. Right. So that was always, and art was a big thing for me. So in the background, that had always been something I played around with. And I love to go out as like every woman does, even if it's a tomboy, because I had that phase. Um, What does that mean to me now? Well, when I got in my accident, I gained a crazy amount of weight, almost 200 pounds. And when I lost it, I like found so much more freedom and play, like my fashion and creativity came back. And the freedom to like wear whatever I wanted and show my style. Um, so to be able to combine that now and like being able to work with stylists and, and things and athletes to be able to help them dress for their specific body types because we got the thick thighs, we've got the broad shoulders, we've got the big arms, you know what I mean? You can't just wear any clothes off the rack. This is why we buy, you know, labels from powerlifting meets and... <laughs> Because yep. <laughs> they're the only things that fit us. Yeah, they're fucking <laughs> but to be able to have knowledge in the industry and in the fashion world and still look like a put together person, mm-hmm. a businessman, you know, a, a, a woman, a, a corporate, like, or just to go out and have a good time and look good and feel good in what you wear. Yep. And I have all the knowledge from being able to dress these people in my past of like how things are supposed to fit and what labels look good and and how to like wear them as an athlete and still show your style. Who, who's the best NFL player that you dressed? Oh, I can't name drop. Well, <laughs> not disclosure agreements. That was a test. We were testing you. It was Drew Brees. <laughs> so what, if you, you know, real brief something, why fashion though? Um, Cause it, fashion, you get to be yourself. Like you're introduced first by like what you're wearing. And as an introvert, 
I want to like don't want people necessarily to come talk to me, but I want them to think I'm interesting. So I like to and like an eclectic look. <laughs> this house is lit, but I'm scared. <laughs> like when I get my style out and when I want to go out, like my style is my own. Just because I dress other people does not mean they're going to go out looking like me. No, like <laughs> I dress you how your personality is and like really make your personality come out. So as an introvert, I would rather like people see my personality so they can be like, oh, I want to interact with that or like, wow, that's a lot too much crazy. So, but I like to play that fine line and have fun with my clothes and expressing myself rather than having a conversation to express myself, I guess. And you can be whomever you want. Like you get to portray an image, you get to become a person. So like when you're losing weight and when you're introducing yourself into the fitness, you become somebody like I become a, a beast and then I want to be beautiful. So like my thing, like, and that's the lifestyle I live. Like I want to be beautiful outside. I want to be attractive to, you know, people that I want to attract. Right. Cause we, we're all primal. And, but in I still want to beast and empower myself and feel really strong. And that's where my powerlifting comes in. And it all comes together. So when you gain a certain physique, you want to show it off. You want to look really good without, you know, too much. So you need guidance into that world, just like your programming. You need guidance in the gym. You need guidance in your closet to show off your new physique. And some people don't know how to go from, like I didn't, a 200-pound body to, you know, a 130-pound body and dress it with the same personality and style and confidence. And that's where knowing how to wear certain clothes helps you build that confidence from the gym to outside life to live it and apply it to real life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So we know why why fashion, we know why powerlifting. You went right into my next question. (laughs) So this is your opportunity elevator pitch me you got like two minutes elevator pitch that not even two minutes it's real fucking quick your pivot that you are making towards incorporating fitness more into your training business three two one go um so incorporating it i want i can't say um right off the bat really all right three three two one go (laughs) um i want you to build the the body that you want. I want you to build the body you want to show off. I want you to put me on the spot. I can't think. Should we start over (laughs) one more time? All right. We're going to do an elevator pitch. You to me. I can't think right now. Three. It's all the weed you smoked. It really is. I wasn't prepared. Pitch. (laughs) Um, this is one of the reasons why I'm actually in Chicago is to help Elle pivot her stuff and get a better understanding of some of this. So this is kind of a mean, mean trick. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but okay. I mean, if, if I was in your position, you know, I, I sell a lot of the quality of life, like to people like you, you're a typical client for me. You have, you're good in your business. You got your stuff going on, your training and you're very on with your fitness stuff, but let's say your fitness was kind of a backseat in your health. I mean, we're, perfect you have all your shit together on the career side let's get your shit to match you and i think you're trying to do the exact same thing so if i was about to elevator pitch someone like look man you're trying to get your body in shape this is where you're going 
while you're going there, you can still look and feel how you want to based on how you dress yourself. And I can help you make sure that you're putting the right shirts on to where you don't feel fat in this color, just like you helped me with today, things like that. Like when you start hammering on these people's pain points just real quick, and they're like, oh yeah, that's exactly like what I'm fucking struggling with. Like you're going to be able to sell them immediately because you look good every time you're going any place. Like it's. Like people want to know how to dress their birthday suit. Yeah, like you 100%. could look good naked, but I want to look good with clothes on. Mm-hmm. That makes you want to look at me naked, like see me naked. But like, I want to turn heads with my clothes on first. Yep. So you're trying <laughs> to get people's style and people's end goal body wise to kind of mesh up and meet at the same time or meet at the same place. Like, I look this good with and without my clothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's one thing again, to cover it all up and it's another to show it all off and still look good too. How much do you think people working with you on the fashion side of things mm-hmm. bef- while they are not quite there on the physical journey yet, how much do you think that impacts them positively or negatively? Um, I think it's a great way to keep people on track. Cause a lot of people chase like, Oh, I want to fit into a certain pant size or even men. I want to wear a certain jacket that I bought two years ago that I've been trying to fit into you know what I mean or you know a bomb leather jacket that I found but they don't make it in my size so I've got to cut weight you know what I mean (laughs) so and when you do reach those goals and those like and your wardrobe looks better and you feel better and then you know the next step that you can take it yeah it could be a little superficial but hey you work really hard for it why not dress it really well and feel really good about it I agree. You know what's crazy, guys, is I didn't know that, like, there were different, like, cuts and styles and shit like that. A shirt today, I learned all that. She took me shopping. It was really terrifying. Um, Like, I was like, oh, and she just, like, would glare at me. What did you learn today from shopping, by the way? I bought a green pair of pants that, you know, I'm going to show my sexy ankles off with, so I'm excited (laughs) about that. He does have some skinny they're, ankles. They're pretty they're, nice. They're sprinter ankles. Yeah, they go up to some calves. I'm a 270 pound sprinter. That's great. <laughs> but um, just your your immediate, full, easily conveyable understanding of like fashion was impressive, and it allowed me to buy. I bought like four things today that I would never yeah. fucking buy, and now I know how to wear it, and that's super fucking helpful. So I know that. I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to cut this thing off because this is the point. There's so much shit that Elle has to share with people. She has learned how to relearn how to walk, battled MS, lost the closest people to her, had everything literally like robbed from her, traveled the United States three times or seven times. How many times did you go back and forth? Oh, road trip seven times. Seven times camping across the U.S. in her Frankenfuck's truck, like <laughs> Frankenstein monster mashed together with her Cujo dog, like which is literally like a 200 pound dog named Cujo, and uh, has just done so much crazy shit while building a really impressive life. She has dressed the NFL players, she has worked with these people, she has gone, you know, rubbed shoulders with some very impressive people. She's done amazing things in spite of everything that she has going with her body. and. She has not only like took tremendous trauma to her life and impacts and terrible things happening, but kept trucking through and developed or not developed, just created such amazing opportunity for herself just through perseverance. And when you have the opportunity to listen to somebody like that talk, 
you can always take something away, whether it be inspiration or like a different mindset or reframing or a actual legitimate process. And then she can dress you and then she can get you in shape and whatever it may be. So this is why Elle is starting her own podcast. We're going to be announcing that, dropping everything like that. <laughs> but she's super excited about it, even though she's scared of it, because she's she is starting to realize like how much of an impact, because we've been looking through posts that I've made. We've been looking through messages that I've been getting from people. And my story is similar, but not as impressive to hers. And then when she sees how it impacts some of the people that we have shared it with or she has shared it with lately, that ability that she has to reach out and just impact so many people. And now that she sees how easy it is to do everything, she'll be starting this in probably the next two weeks. So <laughs> stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm cutting me. this thing off. <laughs> 45 minutes is the maximum. But Jeez. I appreciate you guys coming on. I appreciate you guys uh, having a having to listen to what me and me and yeah. Al have going on. And, uh, Thanks yeah, for just letting minutes. me talk that long. So that's <laughs> Cut me off <laughs> next time. <laughs> shut me up. But again, we don't have to shut you up. We can start your own podcast. <laughs> but guys, thank you guys for coming out, taking a listen to the Iron Money Podcast. I will be talking to you guys soon. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. See you later.